श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परम्परा की जाय भक्ति विनोद परिवार की जाय ठाकुर भक्ति विनोद तिरुभामामोत्पत्ति की जाय श्री गराधर फंड तिरुभामामोत्पत्ति की जाय मारुबान की जाय कृष्ण बलराम की जाय गोभक्तविंद की जाय गोप्रेमानंद बोलो हरि So, welcome, everyone. Tonight, yeah, we're today and tonight uh, commemorating the disappearance from the world, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, and of course, bound to the disappearance of Gadadhar Pandit, hmm. close dear associate of Sriman Mahaprabhu Chaitanya Dev. So, I'll try to speak a little bit about. Significance of the the titi or the the day, the time, the auspicious quality of the time, commemorating the presence of great souls in the world and their departure from it as well. <clears throat> and beginning with Bhakti Vinod, of course, uh, he was a very uh, extraordinary acharya or a person who teaches by uh, example, significant acharya in our lineage, so much so that uh, the, the term was coined by his most prominent follower and son, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Bhaktivinoda Paribar, the, like the, the family of, of Bhaktivinoda. Uh, generally, this term, as you may know, party bars reserved for the the families of Nityananda, Advaita, uh, Srivas. Uh, Gadadhar was a Brahmachari. He didn't have a family, but nonetheless, these are all eternal, eternal associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared along with him. And... Um, uh, lineages have stemmed from from them, um, they being direct links to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. So the Gadadha Paribhar, Nityananda Paribhar, Advaita Paribhar, these are uh, the typical uh, Paribhars. So to have a Paribhar or an, uh, to use the term so many generations later, after the disappearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates, is to make a strong statement. But um, <clears throat> and this is indeed what Bhakti Sarasthi Thakur wanted to do about um, Bhakti Vinod. He wanted to say, somewhat, almost as if we have a direct connection to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through through Bhakti Vinod. Uh, and it's true in a sense in, in any lineage that one has a direct connection with Chaitanya in Chaitanya lineage to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through their guru and and so forth. But he wanted to say it in a more pronounced way, um, given the extraordinary contribution of Bhakti Vinod, and such is not unprecedented in that we have other examples. For example, we have the Nityananda, the excuse me, the Narutam Paribhar, as it's sometimes called, or the um, Shamananda Paribhar. Uh, so Narutam Thakur, Shamananda, these are great devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who didn't have the direct association of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They came like just a generation later. So, for example, uh, 
uh, this uh, Narutam Thakur, who was a disciple of Lokanath Goswami. Lokanath Goswami was a direct associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was told by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to go to Vrindavan and reside there and teach about um, Gaudiya Vaishnavism and so forth. And, and Narutam was the lone disciple of Lokanath, but Narutam himself then had many, many disciples and um, exhibited great uh, prowess and spiritual prowess in his outreach, his ability to um, explain and um, indoctrinate others into the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, known as uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism. This was around the time of the the forming of the Sampradaya. The literatures that uh, are the basis of the Sampradaya were were uh, mostly written. The final word of that is sometimes said to be Chaitanya Charitamrita by Krishna's Kaviraj. And it was this book in particular that Narutam, uh, Srinivas, and Shamananda uh, sought to distribute in Bengal. It was written in Vrindavan, but in Bengali the other side of India and so forth, and give the kind of the final word on the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So while the Goswamis were the writers of the books, these were the principal principal distributors of the books, these three. And uh, so two of them, Shamananda and Narutam, um, were so extraordinary in their uh, outreach that... Uh, I would say Narutam in terms of his outreach and Shamananda had a unique uh, story of his own that uh, they came to be termed the, Sham- the followers thereafter of them, termed their lineage the Shamananda Paribar instead of the Hridaya Chaitanya Paribar, for example. Shamananda was initiated by Hridaya Chaitanya, Hridaya Chaitanya was initiated by Goridas Pandit. Hmm? And Goridas Pandit was uh, initiated by Nityananda Prabhu. So, uh, uh, as I say, Shamananda's coming a couple generations down, and the extraordinary story of Shamananda, of course, in brief, is that while he was initiated into a lineage of Sakirasa, of uh, friendly love for Krishna, Subal, Saka, the friend, great fr- friend of Krishna who tends to him in his romantic uh, necessities and so forth, and among other things, appeared with uh, in, in the Gaur-lila as as Goridas Pandit. Hmm? He initiated Hridaya Chaitanya. Hridaya Chaitanya initiated Shamananda. His name was um, Krishnadas, and they used to call him Duki Krishnadas because he always seemed kind of unhappy. Hmm? And uh, so anyway, his guru, Hridayachitanya, sent him to Vrindavan and to get uh, the uh, siksha or instructions in, in the teaching from uh, Jiva Goswami. And there he was doing some dham seva, serving the, the dham, the abode. So he would go to a place which was said to be a place where Radha and Krishna had come in the night and... and uh, and um, performed their pastime, so he was sweeping the place in the daytime. And then he found a a uh, an ankle bell or something like that, or an earring or something like that. And so he picked that up and then 
Then a beautiful young girl appeared and said, that belongs to my mistress, I'll take that. And she took it and then pressed it on his forehead like this. And a mark, an indelible mark came. So when he came back um, and his guru saw him, he said, What's, what, why aren't you wearing the tilak of our particular lineage? Amongst the Godias, there are different tilaks that uh, identify them with different lineages within the broader uh, range of the entire Godia lineage. So uh, he, 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 he said, you know, he told the story and it was a bit fantastic. So his guru had some doubt about it. But then it was indelible, as I said, he couldn't wash it off. Hmm? So it became a big controversy. Was his story true or and how did this happen and so forth? And, and ultimately, uh, it was a big, a big council was formed, and uh, in the midst of this, uh, Duki Krishna Das um, went into, passed out into a trance, and uh, and in the, he experienced the lila, and in the lila, uh, Subal came and was it and told him. Tell, just tell tell Hri Achitanya, your guru, who's my disciple, uh, uh, also, tell him this. And so, um, I'm just kind of abbreviating, but when he came out of the trance, then he told his guru such and such, and his guru could understand, oh, only my guru knew that secret, so you've actually gone to Leela and contacted my guru, who's already passed on, and so forth. And so your story is accurate, and so forth. Then he became named as Shamananda, and he, and he 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 went from the Sakyaras lineage into to be uh, pursuing the uh, romantic uh, life of a of a female gopi attendant of Radha and Krishna. So it was an extraordinary story, and his extraordinary spirituality then caused the followers to. Call their lineage from there on the Shamananda Paribara. And Narutam, the other example I'm giving, is very extraordinary in his outreach. He, he, he developed an innovative style of kirtan that became very um, popular and, uh, and um, he uh, wrote some important uh, books actually in simple Bengali language. He explained the deep secrets of the Vedas and the Upanishads and so forth. Uh, to be able to take you know such esoteric teachings and explain them very readily and according to the audience and so forth, that takes a lot of uh, insight and realization. We see this in Narutam to take very lofty concepts and turn them into poetry and song mm-hmm. that everybody, the, the general people, without having to be scholars of Sanskrit, so forth, could just sing the Bengali songs and and uh, be um, absorbed in meditate on the deepest. The metaphysical truths of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So, these are examples. And in a similar way, Bhaktivinoda Thakur um, was seen by many to be uh, a very uh, extraordinary uh, person in his time, and of course we do as well. Um, there was a famous journalist in Calcutta who uh, termed him the seventh Goswami, there are six Goswamis, Chirup, Sanatan, Jiva Goswami, Gopal Bhatta, um, Raghunath Das and Raghunath Bhatta Goswamis, who were the, it's kind of like the, they wrote the basic 
books of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. They were commissioned by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in particular ways and so forth uh, to form the Sampradaya. Mm-hmm. So a seventh Goswami, 500 some, almost 400 late, odd, some just shy of 500 years or so later, Bhaktivinoda Thakur appeared. And there was a parallel in terms of the lineage um, and in terms of what he did, it was contribution was and the contribution of the Goswamis. The Goswamis they wrote um, important uh, books in, in innovative style to establish the lineage, and they also uh, renovated the, all of Vrindavan and uh, got the patronage of the wealthy kings and so forth to believe their experience and their visions such that they said, here, this Krishna performed this pastime, this, and they would build monuments there and palaces and and so forth and spend their treasuries like this. So, um, so Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his time, of course, wrote many books and he established the place of Chaitanya's pastimes and uh, excavated the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with both but with empirical evidence and mystical vision. He gathered all the ancient maps and so forth, and uh, there was a place in Navadweep. Uh, Navadweep is at the the uh, where the Ganges enters into the Bay of Bengal, mm-hmm. and so the, the Ganga Delta there, the, the, as the great and powerful Ganges River hits the Bay of Bengal, certain islands are formed. So at the time, there were nine islands. These this is called Navadweep. Dweep means island. So nine islands, and the nine islands. Um, represent, uh, and Bhaktivedanta Thakur has brought all this out, the different nine limbs of bhakti, hearing, chanting, meditating, shravanam, kirtanam, vishnu, padasevanam, arjanam, bandhanam, dasyam, sakyam, atmanivedanam. Hmm? And um, this is just one example of how he brought out the esoteric truths of, of Navadweep. But um, and I'm explaining that, in the, speaking about that in the context of the... Uh, uh, one of the main contributions in this regard, was, which was to find the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There in Navadweep at the time, there was a place that was being called the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and some people were, uh, pilgrims would come there and they would you know, get donations and use the donations to live on and so forth. But uh, Chait- uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur thought that they were abusing and the place was not actually the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And, and if it was, they weren't, taken care of it in the way that they, they should have. They weren't using the money they got for this donation. You know, a pilgrim will, in India, and even today, what to speak of in times, this, you know, 100 plus um, uh, years ago, would, to take a pilgrimage to Vrindavan or to, to Navadweep hmm, was a life's engagement. You know, it's a big, big place, India, and so to go from you know, a distant place where you live and make a pilgrimage all the way to the Holy Dom, the chance that you come back again and it w- is unlikely. So if I'm there and I'm saying, you know, we want to, you know, build a temple here at the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so the pilgrim come in and give money, they're not going to come back again. <laughs> so some people would do things like this and then keep the money for themselves and make a living this way. Mm-hmm. So... Something to that effect was the perception of, of Bhakti Vinod, and he sensed that this was not really the place, and these weren't the true guardians of the, such a holy, holy, holy um, place, a holy location. Uh, 
Um, so he, as I say, he got empirically, he gathered different maps and talked to different people and studied the history of Navadweep and we gathered what he could together and had some suspicions that, no, the birthplace must have been on the other side of the Ganges and so forth. And then one night from his house in Godrum, one of the islands, hmm, uh, which is on the other side of the Jalungi, another river that crosses there that, that comes into the, into the Ganges, he saw at a distance from the rooftop of his house a glow in 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 Antardweep, Mayapur. Antardweep is like the center of this uh, nine islands, like the center of the lotus, of, if you will. He saw a kind of a glow and he, a vision he, of some sort he had there. And uh, there was a couple of people with him. One of his sons, I don't know if it was Bhakti Siddhant Sarsitaka, may have been and another gentleman, and, and and the next night they came, and again he saw it. Hmm? And so he went there, and then he looked at the maps, and there was some correspondence, and so they talked to local people who were Muslims there at the time, and there was Tulsi, uh, the sacred basil, growing everywhere in the area, wild. And, uh, and he found out that the local people had a, a name uh, in... Uh, the local Muslim vernacular uh, or twist on Bengali that uh, um, had some correspondence with the Mayapur or ancient name or something like that. Anyway, a lot of uh, he anyway he put together with empirical evidence and his vision the fact that this is the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and it was controversial because some people were getting. Getting, making a living out of saying it was somewhere else, and so he he, he made his his point, and he was a powerful preacher, and he um, uh, convinced the the masses of the veracity of his his uh, his insights and realization. A large temple was built there. He even went himself to Calcutta, door to door, to beg money to build a temple at the actual birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So this is an important place for us, you know, the appearance place of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and, uh, and so forth. And so very significant in the way in which he revealed the, uh, the, the uh, extraordinary nature of the Dham. And, and uh, he wrote a book called Navadvip Dham Mahatmya, talking about all the, uh, a spiritual vision of these islands and so forth. And even today, Pilgrims will go before the appearance day of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with the Gorpurnim to Navadweep in the millions and um, or hundreds of thousands, I don't know, lots and lots of them anyway, and they will go and then they'll go they make us like a seven day parikram where they'll go around the whole of Navadweep and they'll say, This place is where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did this, this place where he did this, this place and they'd have Kirtan talk about the place and so forth, all following in the vision of Thakur Bhakti Vinod. So as the Goswamis, as I was mentioning, revealed the Dom of Vrindavan, these Doms, they're said to be, they, sometimes they get covered and then their great devotees reveal them again and so forth and, and so on. So as the Goswamis did that for Vrindavan, commissioned by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Bhakti Vinodakwa did this for Navadweep, one of his major, major contributions. And of course he wrote about a hundred books, including his poems and songs and so on and so forth. And um, he wrote books in a novel way also, uh, taking various uh, liberties and uh, 
and um, with that we we you know we come to the fact that he uh, uh, began uh, the interface of Gaudiya Vaishnavism with modernity, with the modern world, which was there in India at the time in the form of the British occupation and so forth. And uh, during his time, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur was a very prominent person. He was a magistrate in the British government, and he was writing articles and contemporary books about uh, Chaitanya Vaishnavism, which would be like, uh, you know, reviewed in the New York Times, uh, if they were, you know, today was that, that the sense to which he was integrated with the times and the world hmm, was extraordinary. Hmm. Uh, it was uh, just like, you know, some modern author today writing about something and, uh, and, uh, being reviewed and talked about in the newspapers and on the television and so forth and, and so, just to give you some idea, it would be like that. You know, there weren't television interviews at the time, so but the equivalent of that at the time, Bhaktivinoda Thakur was um, attracting that kind of attention for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's tradition, which at the time had become somewhat obscured hmm, by the influence of time and by also misinterpretation of the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which in their optimum speak about divine eroticism, which uh, is a tricky t- subject to talk about. Um, and so it, it, it lends itself perhaps to, to be misinterpreted and mixed up with mundane eroticism and so forth. And so the Gaudi of Vaishnavas at the time weren't seen to be really the most pious people amongst the pious educated uh, Hindus in, in Bengal, Bengal, Calcutta, hmm? This was a real hub for the British. What do they have there? Some British capital. capital. Yeah. So it was a real think 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 tank place, whatever. And um, and so that he was popular there, well known, and um, and and writing about Gaudiya Vaishnavism. He himself, I've said before, was we consider the first convert to Gaudiya Vaishnavism because. Uh, he was not a Gaudiya Vaishnava. In fact, he grew up with a dislike for the book Srimad Bhagavatam based on what he had heard about it. Hmm? That it was a book describing as, as if God was a licentious uh, uh, playboy, uh, uh, immoral, and so forth, as the British uh, thought and misconstrued uh, Krishna Leela to, to, to be about. Hmm? And so he was pious and morally upright and so forth, and um, influence of the Christian missionaries and uh, Western thought and so forth, educated as he was there, working for the British. And there was a fair amount at the time of uh, Hindu intellectuals and religious people, which all would have been religious at, at the time, the intellectuals of the time, uh, rethinking Hinduism in light of things that they were finding out about the world through the British. Hmm? Um, empiric, whatever, observations and facts, and, and of course the way the British looked at their texts and, uh, and questioned them and so forth. And so uh, even some people had distanced themselves entirely from the Krishna of the Bhagavatam 
and emphasized the Krishna of the Gita, who was a statesman and spoke the Upanishadic truths and so forth, and wasn't dancing with milkmaidens and and so on. Hmm. So Bhaktivinoda was a little uh, influenced by that, and there were a number of religious reformers of the time who, whose patronage, uh, uh, the patron, uh, who sought the patronage of Bhaktivinoda. They, they thought if Bhaktivinoda joins our group, that will be, this will be good. Uh, and up he comes and finds, uh, the, reads the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and saw the Bhagavad through the light of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he had a conversion moment. So I like to think of him as the, as the first convert, if you will, from from the West, being influenced by the West and the Western thinking and so forth, even though he was uh, Indian-born, uh, convert to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So it was, and it was quite a surprise to the religious reformers of the time. Bhakti, you know, it's become Gaudiya. You know, how could that be? And then he began to write about it and bring in such a way as to bring dignity to uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism uh, in India and in novel ways also that made him very also very controversial at the time. He wrote very controversial books. He was not just to give me some pablum. Hmm? Um, and, uh, and again, he, he was interested in... in, in he, he wrote novels and um, with uh, Gaudiya Vaishnava characters and so forth and... Uh, and um, he uh, wrote about things like scientific theories and evolution and and the dating of the texts from a Western scientific point of view, the Indian sacred texts, and that in relation to how the traditional uh, uh, Hindu, traditional Hindus used to think about the authorship of the text and their, t- their timeline and so forth. So he dealt, dealt with all these things. And... Uh, th- and so, Gaudiya Vaishnavism has life in the modern world, uh, really, uh, thanks to Thakur Bhakti Vinod. Hmm? Um, so, on the basis of such a contribution, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur told his followers that when, because people would ask, which party bar are you a member of? He said, you tell them the Bhakti Vinod party bar. <laughs> So that he coined the, the, the phrase, and we carry on with that. Prabhupada, my guru Maharaj used to say, this is, we, we are all members of the, of the, 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 the movement of Bhakti Vinod. Hmm? Bhakti Vinod Thakur said of himself that, that, um, that the, the, the five principal uh, divine figures that constitute the Panchatattva, Chaitanya, Nityananda, Dvaita, Garadhar, and Shivas, they're doing their sankirtan internally in Navadweep. Those who have eyes can see them bringing the kirtan down the street. He said, and I'm also there as a sweeper in front of the street. Um, in this regard, Bhaktivinoda Thakur predicted that in the near future, people from all over the world will come to Navadweep and chant Jai Sachinanda and Jai Sachinanda in the names of Lord Chaitanya. In 1974, that happened. That was 1973, 73 or, or 4, 74, that happened. And uh, I was lucky to be one of those people, hmm? people from Prabhupada's mission from all different parts of the world, chanting Jai, uh, Hare Krishna, Jai Sachinanda, and so forth, down the, the one street of uh, Navadweep, which, which became known as... Uh, uh, 
Bhakti Siddhanta Marg, I think, the, the, the road of Bhakti Siddhanta, who was the principal follower of Bhakti Vinod. And at that time, when we were doing kirtan, people would come out of their houses, mud houses and straw huts and, and so forth, and ladies would come and, uh, and their husbands, and the men would pour water on the street in front of us and, and sweep, and the ladies would put down a plate of sweets and then pay their their pranams in front of the kirtan before it arrived and, and get up and then, you know, they would be offering to the sankirtan. It was beautiful, absolutely beautiful, making an offering of, of foodstuffs and love to the sankirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. These were people from all over the world. You can imagine how they felt, you know. Our Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is, he had predicted, Pritibhityachi jatto nagaradi gram sarvata prachod huive monam. My name will be heard in every town and village. And so... What does every town and village is going all over the world, you know? So they were just were villagers. Imagine how they felt, how they were hardened by that, and imagine how we felt, how humbled we were by that. We're part of this, and these Bengalis are worshiping our kirtan, the kirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through us, and so it was a very powerful and, and uh, endearing uh, moment and a, and a fulfillment of the vision of. Who said that this kirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was eternally going on in those who have eyes can see it. I can see it and I have a place there and I'm a sweeper. <laughs> They're doing the kirtan and I'm the sweeper. I come out in front of this and I sweep the street in front. He's making a humble statement. And Bhakti Siddhartha, his followers said, and I am one straw in the broom of Bhakti Vinod. <laughs> And he was a powerful, powerful guru, Singha Guru, they used to call him, Lion Guru, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur. And he said, in relation to Bhakti Vinod, I'm one straw in the broom of Bhakti Vinod. Hmm. What is his position? Hmm. So the seventh Goswami idea of the Bhakti Vinod Paribar, these are the Mahima, the glorification of Bhakti Vinod on the part of Bhakti Siddhanta. No one has done more to bring out what is the, was the contribution of Bhakti Vinod Thakur, hmm? and to give him, if you will, to the world, then his disciple Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. Uh, he had some other disciples, and they're not to be discredited in any way, but comparatively, no one would know about Bhakti Vinod Thakur were it not for Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. And he is his group, then, among the followers of Bhakti Vinod, that call themselves the Bhakti Vinod Paribar. And they in the spirit of Bhakti Vinod, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, and leaving the world, he said his desire, among other things, was to keep the, the spirit of Bhakti Vinod Thakur alive in the world. Hmm? So it was a very, and Nitasuna wrote a nice article today that's on the Harmonist about Bhakti Vinod Thakur, um, and how his contribution was extraordinary in terms of the things that he did in his time, hmm? and um, how he presented according to the time and the circumstance uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism in a relevant way, but overarching and above that hmm, was how he set a, uh, a standard and an emphasis for um, kind of an overarching idea, if you will, beyond making a relevant presentation in time and circumstances to uh, that Gaudiya Vaishnavism is 
uh, and spirituality is something that is not static, it's dynamic, and um, um, uh, a, a great acharyas will bring uh, new light and uh, 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 something like that. That's what he wrote, I think. Something uh, He kind of set a model, if you will, for that kind of way of thinking about Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Rather, I want to say than just, you know, kind of passing the torch and you you hold it and you keep it lit and so forth, you know, uh, something like lighting it, keeping the torch and then lighting a whole bunch of candles at the same time or whatever, you know, uh, something something more. Uh, that's a beautiful thing in itself, just to preserve the teachings and carry them on as they are, the siddhanta intact and so forth, but then to take them and innovate with them in relation to the world and not go off course in, in the name of doing that and keep chase to the essence of the teaching. So this is what the Bhaktivinoda Paribar, this is a kind of standard that uh, he said, that, and this is what Bhaktivinoda Siddhanta Sarsakitakura meant when he said he wanted to see the spirit of Bhaktivinoda Thakura kept alive the current of Bhaktivinoda alive in the world. Mm. I mean, it's a good example uh, to look at Bhakti Siddhanta, Sarsati Thakur, and Bhaktivinoda, uh, one following the other, and Bhakti Siddhanta saying these things about Bhaktivinoda and doing things very differently from Bhaktivinoda, formally. Mm. So taking the spirit of it, in other words, and then re- representing it. Um, so this is our calling our our task as members of the of the Bhakti Vinod Paribar. Um, Bhakti Vinod Pari, predicted that all the different Vaishnav Sampradayas, the four of them would come under the banner of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And that hasn't happened in a literal sense, but in a in an, in another essential sense that has been the Bhakti Vinod Paribar within the Gaudiya Sampradaya that has given life to all these other version of sampradayas in the West through the innovative preaching of uh, Om Vishnupad Bhaktivedanta Sami, Prabhupada, such a prominent member, Arvindadev, of Bhaktivinoda Paribar. So, uh, it's a it's a fitting um, to use such a uh, term to describe the lineage of, uh, of Bhaktivinoda. Uh, he appeared, disappeared from the world on this day, which is the new moon, the dark moon, hmm, night, um, and uh, in the summer. Hmm. And the summer is hot uh, in India. It's a difficult uh, time. This is probably the hottest month in India. And the dark moon, it's a kind of a withering, uh, kind of an empty and... Uh, and, uh, and, and the, the heat of the day of the, this time of year is kind of a, a withering as opposed to the, the monsoon and the full moon the images that are brought to the fore when we discuss about Krishna hmm? uh, and other avatars generally appearing on or about the full moon and uh, um, Krishna's is... Uh, a little different than Baladev Purnim and then the Krishna's following. So, there are metaphors of fullness, the rain cloud, pregnant with rain and showering down, coming as the monsoon does to, 
to cool everyone after the heat of the summer and peacocks are dancing and, and so forth. And so this this other image that you get from the from the new moon and the, the summer heat is kind of contracting and and withering and so forth. And uh, was with the same uh, in this on the same time the same day really as uh, that we're commemorating the disappearance of Gadadhar Pandit from the world. I think he also appeared and disappeared with the, with the new moon. Hmm? Um, and he is a withering kind of a figure in all of his fullness in uh, Gorlila. Hmm? He's said to be the, uh, the appearance of Radha in Gorlila. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna in the mood of Radha, but where is Radha? <laughs> so Radha is there as Gadadhar Pandit, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has stolen his, his bhava, so he's kind of like an empty bag. Mm. But the emptiness uh, that has him always following Chaitanya Mahaprabhu like as if to get his bhava back, hmm? or uh, is, is a kind of an emptiness in separation and necessity, hmm? that as we play that out becomes a fullness. Hmm? Uh, so the Garada Pandit is the most full uh, representation of Gaudiya Vaishnavism in the sense that he represents the fullness of, uh, of uh, Radha, we could say, in separation from, from Krishna. And it's said, while it's said that in union there's one Krishna, in separation there are millions of Krishnas, because when one's heart grows fonder by separation, then one, everything one sees reminds one of one's, one's lover. And so in separation from Krishna, which is kind of a withering and a, the dark night of the soul, and so there's an inner kind of a fullness. So we shouldn't mistake the metaphors. For example, the Sridharmarsh is beautifully invoked um, to describe Gadara Pandit, a zero, empty, an empty bag, and so forth, to be any kind of deprecation, but as a glorification. He, he used to say, for example, that if a young boy is hungry, that's a sign of good health. So this Gadara Pandit attached to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, following him everywhere, had of great necessity and so forth. Hmm? So similarly, we should feel, if we understand properly, the fortune uh, of, that we have to be members of the Bhaktivinoda you know, talk on a day like this, this a, 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 a separation from the great Bhaktivinoda, we find in the, in the person of Pujapad Bhaktivinoda Goswami a beautiful poem um, uh, describing Bhaktivinoda Thakur, all in a mood of separation from Thakur Bhaktivinoda. And in that poem, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, a Sanskrit composition, Srinamarsh was known for his original Sanskrit compositions, which is quite uh, extraordinary. Um, uh, in that poem, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur said, Srinamarsh has captured Bhakti Vinod in this poem. I find Bhakti Vinod is fully present. In the poem of Srinamarsh describing his personal separation from Bhakti Vinod. So, w w a point I want to make here also is that you know we're members of the Bhakti Note Talk, or some of you are my disciples. Uh, uh, most of you here, <laughs> one way or another, and um, 
and, and Vru and I are God brothers, and so we're disciples of Prabhupada, and then Prabhupada's a disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta, and then there's Bhakti Siddhanta's disciple of Bhakti Vinod, so Bhakti Vinod is a little removed, and while we have to pay attention to our own Acharya in the lineage, sometimes people say, with some appropriateness, that, that you, know, you should pay attention to your Acharya, not that you should disregard what he or she says and, and take what the previous acharya or another one says, pick and choose in this, in this way. There's some truth to that, it's true. But there's also the fact that the more we actually follow our acharya, then the more we, what he's giving us is access to all the whole lineage and so forth. So the more we do, the more we have direct access to such personages, such great personalities, such great acharyas, and and um, and then we may, in time and circumstance, draw from them and take a precedent from them hmm, that was different than a precedent set by our own acharya, given the time and circumstances. Shridharmarsh is a nice example of, not exactly of that, but of a person who has so much followed Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur that he's feeling <coughs> separation from Bhakti Vinod and able to think about and deeply and write about Bhakti Vinod Thakur in such a way that Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur was startled. He has a direct connection through the parampara, through his dedication to his own acharya, to Bhakti Vinod. It's apparent. He's, he's understanding him hmm, in a way that Bhakti Siddhanta was, was moved to remark about. So uh, these are all real people to meet and, uh, and become acquainted with by the grace of our uh, our guru, and uh, of course, Nita, I wrote that nice article today, and someone made a comment along the lines: "Yes, Bhakti Vinod is great, but we should always know that we only have to take precedent from our, you know, charges and so forth. And the father's example, you know, and his instructions can never be overridden by the grandfather's." Uh, he wanted to say, and Nita replied, "said Yes, yeah, sounds good. I, that's why I only follow my guru, you know, and." Uh, uh, there's a little story to that, but at any rate, uh, back back story. But uh, I won't go into. But at any rate, uh, I want to <coughs> say that the fact is, if in a family, one son, growing up, becomes just like the grandfather, who was an extraordinary person, that's something to celebrate. We see in him our the grandfather. We see in him. You know, this is very. Uh, so uh, that idea that you should follow your the present acharya and so forth, don't step over, can be abused in a way to go against the very thing that Bhaktivinoda Thakur was talking about, the very thing that Nitai in his article was actually talking about. That kind of a comment by that fellow was indicating that you missed the point here. So, that article should be read. It's on the Harmonist. And, um, and in this way, on this day, we have the opportunity to think and discuss, think about Bhakti Vinodaku, think of his contribution and how, um, uh, I'll close with this, how although his was extraordinary, he himself said, I left this world, my work undone. Hmm? And one of my godmothers asked Prabhupada, what did he mean by that? And Prabhupada said, well, he could have finished everything. But by his mercy, his mercy, he left some service for us to do. So, our service to keep the spirit of the Bhaktivinoda, the current of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, alive in the world, which means a, an alive I- idea of dynamic uh, understanding of uh, Gaudi Vaishnavism.
And um, if we can identify with that, then we can we can sometimes sing Jai Bhakti Vinod, Jai Bhakti Vinod, Jai Bhakti Vinod, and uh, uh, feel some separation from from him, thinking what what it would have been like to. Uh, you know, to to uh, how it would what it, to have to have his association, so to speak, uh, that kind of a longing to represent. I would say to 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 be with Bhakti Vinod to be a longing to represent this lineage in the kind of dynamic way that Bhakti Vinod Thakur uh, expected us us to, and there'll be a fullness to to anyone who who longs in such a way. Sri Bhakti Vinod Puribar ki jai, Bhakti Vinod Tirubhav Mahamotsapatiti ki jai, Kadadhar Pandit Mahamotsapatiti ki jai, Kaur Bhakti Vrinda ki jai, Gauji Gopal ki jai, Sri Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai, Sri Bhakti Raksak Siddhar Dev Goswami Maharaj ki jai, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada ki jai, Sri Gaur Kishodas Babji Maharaj ki jai, Si Bhakti Vinod Thakur Ki Jai Gaur Premanandi Vanchakalpaturu Vyascha Kipasindu Vyayvacha Patitanam Bhavani Vaishnavi Vunamona Maha Anandakuri Vaishnavi Vrindu Ki Jai Gaur Premanandi